Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. Hi, I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, the Chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology here at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. And with me today is Dr. Matt Vinegar, the Director of the Clinical Virology Laboratory within our Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology. Dr. Vinegar is one of the medical directors overseeing the COVID testing here at Mayo Clinic, and he's also our Vice Chair of Clinical Practice for the department. Now, we've been fortunate to have Dr. Vinegar with us as a repeat guest on our podcast. So, Matt, welcome back, and thank you for being with us today. Hey, Dr. Pratt, glad to be here. So this is very timely, too, because we've been hearing about a number of respiratory viruses in the news these days, in addition to COVID and the Omicron surge that we're currently facing. So it'll be great to hear about the impact that these respiratory viruses have on the lab and what you anticipate seeing in the coming weeks. So maybe we'll just start with an easy question. I don't know if this is easy, but something that'll be on everyone's mind, which is COVID. What are the current trends you're seeing with COVID testing in the lab right now, given what we're seeing with the surges in cases? Yeah, the current trend that we're seeing in the labs is definitely a sharp increase in uh, testing demand. We actually uh, set a record for the most tests performed in a week at our Mayo Clinic laboratories across the upper Midwest. Last week, we did more than 36,000 COVID-19 molecular tests across our labs in the upper Midwest, which is the most since the pandemic started. And the positivity rates continue to increase as well. The overall positivity rate for the upper Midwest was around 25%. And people with symptoms, that positivity rate was about 30%. And then when we look at our population of asymptomatic individuals, that positivity rate was about 10%. So one in 10 people that you see in the community are likely infected. And I think that just reflects the high transmissibility of the Omicron variant. Yeah, that's really impressive and kind of scary. I guess it just uh, emphasizes the importance of all the things that uh, Dr. Maurice and I have been talking about with the importance of continuing to take precautions because one in 10, I guess that means you walk into a restaurant, you have to assume that people around you are infected. Absolutely. Yeah. If you go into any place in public and there is not good adherence to masking, it's very likely that you would be exposed then to the Omicron variant. So that definitely should play into decision-making about places that you would go out in public and really being mindful of the adherence to masking and also the ability to distance from those that are around you. Yeah, that's a really good reminder, Matt. And of course, now it's not just COVID, we've been hearing about other respiratory viruses in the news. And it's interesting because last year we didn't really hear about influenza. There didn't seem to be any cases, but perhaps that's not the case for this year. What have you been seeing in the lab? You're right. Last year, we did a lot of testing for influenza because we were bracing for co-circulation of both COVID-19 and influenza. And we didn't detect any positives, Mayo Clinic in the Midwest. And that was a complete surprise to to many in the healthcare profession. This year, unfortunately, influenza has made a comeback. I think it's likely due to a number of factors. There's not as good adherence to the COVID-19 mitigation measures this year as there was last year. 
kids are back in school, people are traveling, especially air travel from different countries. So it provided influenza an opportunity to be transported from South America and, and the Southern Hemisphere up to the Northern Hemisphere. Again, kids are in school, people are oftentimes back in the office at work. And so we are seeing influenza. Our positivity rate here at Mayo Clinic has fluctuated over the last two or three weeks. We were as high as 14 or 15% a few weeks ago. And I think currently sitting at about 10% positivity rate for influenza. I have heard from some colleagues in different parts of the country that they're seeing very limited numbers of flu cases. So right now it seems to be geographically dependent on how much influenza there is, but there are definitely states that are experiencing high or very high flu activity. Well, that's good to hear for all of us. Not good news, but good for us all to know about and also emphasizes the importance of continuing our precautions and keeping ourselves safe. Now, there was that case in Israel where there was someone who had both COVID-19 and influenza, and we've probably all been seeing in the news now this so-called flurona, where people have both. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so that's something that we were considering and concerned about last year, and it didn't happen. At least we didn't detect people who were infected with both viruses. But this year with COVID-19, of course, being prevalent during the Omicron surge and influenza being known to be circulating in communities, there have been documented cases of patients testing positive for both COVID-19 and influenza. I heard about it first occurring on the West Coast, and then most recently, we have had positive cases here at Mayo Clinic of, again, patients testing positive for both influenza virus and the virus that causes COVID-19. I think it's just important to emphasize that these tests are really good at differentiating COVID-19 from influenza. And so I've heard some speculation that COVID-19 is causing false positive flu tests or vice versa. That's not the case. There are truly co-infections with both viruses dependent on the patient, whether they've been immunized or whether they have underlying health conditions, the range of symptoms could be quite different. They could be mild, moderate, or potentially severe. It's probably worth mentioning too that Florona is not a new variant of the coronavirus. I've heard that as well. They really, as you said, are separate viruses. If you are co-infected, you have two different viral infections, influenza virus and SARS-CoV-2. Exactly right. Now, what about other viruses? There's also other respiratory viruses that circulate. Are you seeing those in the lab as well? We are. Yeah, there are certainly other viruses that cause a range of respiratory symptoms. Of course, we've got kind of the run of the mill coronaviruses that we've known to be circulating for decades that cause the common cold symptoms. People have had those infections recently. Interestingly, there's another virus called respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV, that typically causes outbreaks, especially in young children during the winter months. And it was fascinating that RSV caused a large number of cases kind of in the late summer, early fall months this year. So it was a surge of RSV, but outside of where we would normally see it in terms of the season. And I think it just related to a drop in adherence to 
COVID-19 mitigation measures kind of opened the door for a virus like RSV to spread in young children and kids as they started going back into school. And we saw this kind of atypical spike in RSV cases. Very interesting. So a number of different viruses that we've, we've talked about in the past, but just interesting to hear your actual data from the lab. Well, I guess with all of this, do you have any words of advice for our audience? Well, right now, with Omicron known to be predominant in many parts of the country, this virus is highly transmissible. Fortunately, those who have been vaccinated and those who are eligible to have received their third dose, those who have been boosted, the data and clinical experience is showing that they can be infected, but they're less likely to be infected. And if they develop symptoms, typically it's very mild, more like a common cold. So you may experience a scratchy or sore throat, headache, but not the moderate to severe symptoms. Omicron may be milder overall in the population, but because of the sheer number of people being infected with this virus, it's finding those who are susceptible to moderate to severe disease. So our hospitals are still nearing or at capacity because the more people who are infected, the more people who might come down with severe disease that requires hospitalization. So just so important to one, get the vaccine if you haven't already. If you're eligible to get a booster, the booster is showing to be highly effective at preventing breakthrough infections or developing symptoms. And then when you go out in public, for the reasons that we talked about, wear your mask and avoid places where adherence to masking is low, because again, this virus is so transmissible that you'll likely be exposed if you go to a restaurant, if you go to a grocery store and people around you are not wearing a mask. That's excellent advice. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Vinegar. It's always a pleasure talking with you and great to hear the real world figures of what you're seeing in the lab. Yep, thanks for having me on, Dr. Pritt. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.